0: in life for free, but you can give them to the birds and bees, I want money.
1: Welcome back to Not in the Mood. I am your host, Daryl Moody. We are going to jump right into part two of our podcast this week, talking about cryptocurrency. And in part one, we focused on kind of the general information aspect of it. So hopefully at this point, you've got a better understanding. So we're going to rejoin our expert, John Cannon, with Simply Data Centers. Uh, and I'm going to ask him, you know, how does the average investor, you or me or anybody else with a 401k or an IRA, some cash lying around we want to we want to do something with, how does the average person become a cryptocurrency investor?
0: Yeah, another great question. There are a couple of ways. Um, first, one of the best starting points that I recommend is Coinbase. Coinbase is a very easy to use website. You can connect it to your bank account and you could transfer from your bank account to Coinbase. They're going to verify who you are. They're going to follow the anti-money laundering laws and the know-your-customer laws. And you can put your $100 into an account and say, I want to buy Bitcoin. And so, you can buy a fractional Bitcoin. Uh, You brought up Dogecoin a moment ago. Um, So, Coinbase is what we call an exchange you can convert from fiat currencies to cryptocurrencies. Dogecoin is a hot one right now because of Elon Musk and a number of others. Dogecoin is not available on Coinbase. So if you wanted to buy that, you're gonna have to use a service like Robinhood, an exchange to get from your US dollars to Dogecoin. Um, So not all exchanges cover all currencies. Uh, cryptocurrencies. The other thing that I think is an emerging opportunity is to use retirement money, your IRA, um, to purchase cryptocurrencies. And there are a couple of IRA providers that I'm starting to look at. Um, I'm not comfortable saying any by name on your podcast because its uh, I don't know how good they are yet. But that kind of service is coming to where you could call your retirement account manager, say, I want to move $10,000 from the stock market and move it into cryptocurrency. And that'll be easy to do. It's not yet, but it's coming.
1: So in terms of the life cycle, of cryptocurrency uh, becoming a viable form of investment. Obviously, we're kind of in the early stages of this. Uh, Is the sky, I mean, obviously you're bullish on cryptocurrency, but I mean, you know, is there a ceiling to this? And if so, where is it?
0: Well, there probably is a ceiling. I don't know where it is. Um, Yes, I'm bullish. I believe we're, I've been involved with cryptocurrencies for three, four years now. I told people three years ago we're in the first inning. I think we're sort of still in the first inning, maybe tiptoeing into the second inning. There's a lot of time ahead. I believe all of the software that we have right now has to get easier to use. Um, There are a lot of people who are not as comfortable with computers as I am, who Uh, want to have a very simple way for them to buy, hold, and not lose cryptocurrencies. So I think there's a lot that can happen. Um, Daryl, you brought up a a moment ago there were 5,000 cryptocurrencies. Well, one of the reasons is it's very easy to create your own coin. So it takes about two, three pages of software. Um, Any decent computer science person could create a a coin. So you could have a Daryl coin and you could ask everyone in your network to pay for your podcasts in Daryl coin. Now, it doesn't mean it's going to work. Your listeners might say, oh, this is crazy. They might, just like Dogecoin, you might hit a chord with some people and it just takes off like crazy. so you ask about the future and and this, yeah, I think the sky's the limit a little bit in that we don't know exactly where it's heading. I think there will be specific applications for cryptocurrency. One example I've used for years is a house closing. So right now you have a title attorney and it's maybe an hour long meeting to make sure the realtors get paid the home inspector gets paid, the first mortgage from the second mortgage and the new mortgage and everybody gets money transferred. That could be handled in an Ethereum smart contract and closings could take a blink of an eye. We're not there yet because we haven't written all the software for all this infrastructure. but. I think a real estate closing should be, okay, we're done. All the requirements have been met. Push the button. Money's transferred. We're done. Closing's over. Same kind of application for international business. If you're getting a uh, a wool rug shipped from Istanbul, going through Europe, coming to the United States, going through customs, it's kind of a mess right now. But if you had... Um, if you had a smart contract that says, okay, guy in Istanbul, I will pay you the moment that rug clears customs. And that can be done in the smart contract. And the moment it clears customs requirement net, he gets paid. Um, I think there are thousands, if not millions of applications like that, that we haven't discovered yet. And it's going to make, it's going to make a, a world of difference in how we conduct business and transactions. I don't look at cryptocurrencies as replacing the U.S. dollar for buying a cup of coffee. That's that's an easy application where people want to go, but it's already easy to buy a cup of coffee, so we don't need to fix that. But there are a lot of other places where transactions are cumbersome and cryptocurrencies will help immensely.
1: So if you're an investor and you are looking at these 5,000 plus different uh, cryptocurrencies out there and you are trying to pick a winner, uh, what should we be looking for?
0: Another really good question. And my answer is, how is it used? What is the use case for that cryptocurrency? So let's use Dogecoin as an example. You brought that up. Um, I'm not wild on Dogecoin because I don't know how it would be used. It's almost like, well, it was created almost as a joke. Um, Somebody created it because they could, because it's a couple pages of code, but it didn't necessarily solve a specific problem. So for me, I'm not real keen on it. But there are many other cryptocurrencies that address a very specific problem. There's one called Filecoin. So if you have a hard drive, let's say you have a backup hard drive, and for the most part it sits idle in your home network, but you wanted to share that to people who needed it, you can be you can share that hard drive through the internet and get paid in Filecoin. Now, I think that's an interesting application. I don't know what the price of Filecoin is right now, but that's a use case that I at least understand. So, I like Bitcoin because I think it's a store of value and it's going to protect your wealth as time goes on. I like Ethereum because it's programmable, so you can run these smart contracts. There are countless applications of where that's going to work. Um, any other coin that you're looking to invest in, make sure you understand how it's used and why it's unique. And if you believe it, then go for it.
1: So where does this where does this go? Does 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 Cryptocurrency become another investment vehicle like stocks and bonds and real estate?
0: Yes, Um, I think it goes beyond that. Um, I really think cryptocurrencies are going to be very disruptive to central banks and governments. Uh, I don't believe central banks and governments are going to like cryptocurrencies at all. Um, the the Federal Reserve here in the United States. Um, I know a couple of years ago, I talked to uh, one of the the presidents of one of the Federal Reserve branches, and he was just not very keen on cryptocurrency. Now the Fed is looking at some blockchain applications, and they're trying to figure out how they play in this game, but protect the U.S. dollar. Um, I think it has the potential. You know, we saw when the internet came in, it changed commerce. And now, everyone with a smartphone can order dog food when they're out picking up the kids at uh, at school. Um, I think programmable money, which cryptocurrencies are, is going to be every bit as disruptive. It'll take time, but I think I think this goes a long way, and I think it's going to be great for individuals. It's probably not great for the elites, um, and I expect they're going to resist it a bit.
1: So I have to say, my favorite aspect of doing this podcast is the freedom that it allows me to cover different topics. Uh, there are a million different podcasts out there that will give you the same old stale conservative take on an issue or a topic in the news. Uh, but what I try to do differently with not in the mood is to give you the listener, uh, an education on whatever it is we're talking about. Obviously I want to entertain you, but I, you know, there's no illusions here. I'm, I'm just a reporter. I'm not the expert on, on every given subject. I mean, I'll admit I probably know enough to be dangerous on a number of different topics, but, uh, as much as the podcast is Not in the Mood with Daryl Moody, I, I try to focus on the experts and and the educational aspect of what we're doing here. So I really hope you enjoy uh, what we bring week in and week out with Not in the Mood. Uh, this is where I'm going to solicit you to uh, subscribe to the podcast, whether you're listening on Audible or Apple Podcasts or Google uh, or Spotify, wherever you are listening, whether it's on the WDBO app. We've got the great on-demand section. You can listen to my podcast as well as any of the others produced out of WDBO. And again, if you have any feedback on the podcast whatsoever, any uh, suggestions of, of something you'd like me to cover, if you think I suck and you want to tell me all about that, be my guest. You can email me at daryl.moody at cmg.com. I thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening. Please uh, join us every week when we tackle another topic here on Not in the Moon.